Welcome to 2X E-Commerce, the e-commerce marketing growth podcast where you ask questions and I, Kinney, answers them. Also hear from proven marketing growth experts who are number one or number two in specialist areas of online retail marketing. So if you work in or own an online retail business, listen in, get involved, join me, and let's put some fuel to skyrocket your e-commerce growth. So on the inbound marketing strategies, how do you beat Amazon? Natural search and our search engine position is critical to the customer flow through the website. I personally would not have an account process interrupt checkout flow at all. My favorite customer lifetime value calculation is an easy one. It's your average order value times that purchase frequency that we just talked about times uh, your customer lifespan. I'm Kune Campbell. Let's get rolling. With retail moving online, finding a good domain name has become ever so important. But the challenge is that most decent.com addresses are either difficult to acquire or unavailable. The good news is that retailers now have a powerful alternative with the .store domain name. A .store domain name will be short, relevant, and directly associate your site with e-commerce and retail. Search engines give .store domains the equal attention and importance as .com TLDs. .store domains have already been adapted by top brands such as Emirates. So if you check out Emirates.store, you get to a store there, Jimi Hendrix, so Jimi Hendrix.store, and F1 Formula One, F1.store. If you want a short and snappy domain name for your retail brand or your online store, you can now get a .store domain for just £4.99, which is about $6.99, using the coupon code 2XSTORE. That's 2XSTORE on get.store. Just go to get.store in your search engines and use 2XSTORE. This episode is brought to you by Clavio. It is a game-changing email automation tool specifically built for scaling e-commerce businesses. I'm not just saying it. I use Clavio in my e-commerce store and in stores I advise for. Household names in the e-commerce space such as Brooklyn Inn, Bonobos and Chobbies use Clavio. Here's why. Clavio has one of the most impressive feature sets in the e-commerce email personalization space at the moment. Besides the one-click setup, Clavio's Pixel tracks visitor behavior to help you set up highly effective custom email funnels. Clavio also offers pre-built autoresponders for cart abandonment, upsells, and win-back campaigns. Clavio's most game-changing feature is its Facebook audiences integration, which helps your email list to sync up with your Facebook ad campaigns. So as you continue to scale up your store, Clavio will help automate a lot more sales. Try Clavio today on Clavio.com, spelt K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com. Right. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Physical Product Business Podcast, part of the 2X e-commerce podcast. You'd listen to it either on the Physical Product Business, you know, um, podcast channel or 2X e-commerce. I'll publish it in, you know, both channels anyway. Um, So I'll give you guys a backstory before I introduce my guest. Um, Yeah, it's going to be a long one. Um, so I have not really been um, a very keen um, proponent of um, you know dropshipping in general, and um, I've been coming across you know lots of you know, content on you know YouTube, 
especially YouTube on, on Dropshipping. I was like, oh, this guys are a bunch of, you know, people who are just trying to, you know, um, sell their courses. Yeah, some of them are, you know, trying to sell their courses. They're trying to get the attention to sell their courses. So I, it, it kind of, you know, fell out the, 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 the sideways, especially from a customer experience standpoint, you know, um, just due to the ability that you cannot control, you know, your supply chain, the, you know, the back end of things. Until... A business partner of mine who wanted to buy a website, which was a dropship, you know, website, asked me to come over to vet to do some some I'll say quality control, you know, um, or um, I think it was more or less um, due diligence on um, on the site. So I interviewed the owner of the e-commerce, you know, the dropship e-commerce site, and um, to my surprise, these chaps were doing like two hundred and fifty k a month, and um, Another one of their stores they claimed was doing 500k a month, you know, and um, they said they had streamlined two things, two major things. One was product selection on the one hand, and the other was pretty much um, um, marketing. They were predominantly driving traffic through Facebook. And I found it so brilliant. I, I, I looked at the Shopify, um, what's it called, dashboard, everything checked out, and I started to investigate. Um, they were using a tool in on their Shopify called Orbello. And I was like, okay, I need to, to dig a little further. So I, I got in touch with our guest, who I'm going to introduce, and who is the founder and CEO of Orbello and a dropshipper, who has a dropship you know, background. And I reached out to him. He was out of the country at the time. We, we tried to get some, you know, some dates through, and we finally got it for today. And um, without further ado, I'd like to welcome Thomas Simas, Silmas, right? Thomas Silmas <laughs> to the show. Sorry for 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 for, um, for for attacking your name that way, but Thomas, um, welcome to the show. He's a co-founder of Obello. Hi. Hey, happy to be here. Fantastic, fantastic. Okay, so. After my long-winded intro, um, I'd like us to... First of all, Obello is fantastic. I, um, I'm trialing Obello right now as we speak, and it's just freaking seamless, you know, in terms of um, the way it works, you know. It's just very, very, very streamlined, and it's deeply integrated with, with AliExpress. Now, um, let's get into talk a little bit about you and your you know your your drop shipping background and how you came across how you, you just evolved into a better because i did see um one of your videos on youtube you know you telling the story but yeah let's you know condense that story and um yeah i'll, I'll hand it over to you sure um, yeah, so just one note that um, I'm currently a chief marketing officer at the world. So my brother is a CEO. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice mix, but uh, yeah, I'm leading all of the marketing activities. And uh, yeah, so I got into dropshipping in 2014. Uh, that was three years, more than three years ago. Um, I did have I did have uh, traditional e-commerce businesses before that, um, but none of them were successful, unfortunately. Um, yeah, so I, around that time, I was I, I was just browsing the internet and found dropshipping, uh, and was like literally blown away how easy it was and how easy it looked uh, compared to traditional e-commerce business. Okay. So yeah, I just called my brother, uh, who is now a CEO of Berlo. Yeah, can I uh, can I ask a question? Sorry um, for interjecting, but um, where were you? What markets were you trying your e-commerce? Um, endeavors in which you saw failures where, where you know what kind of yeah. products were you trying to sell 
Uh, I had a bookstore. All of the stores were local, and the Phoenix is a small, a very small market. It's pretty hard to scale and test products there. I didn't have any marketing experience back then, so um, there, there is there there is a dozen reasons why uh, those businesses didn't work, uh, and and none of them are because it was a traditional e-commerce business. Mm. Um, but I kind of like at that moment I was really uh, desperate. Uh, to try something and make it work, and uh, I had experience with traditional e-commerce businesses, and when I found out about dropshipping, it looks really attractive. Local to where? Uh, yeah, sorry. Local to where? Um, what, again? You said, you said you said the businesses were local. Were, were yeah. to, to, to what market? I was Lufania. Okay. Right. Uh, just Lufania. Like so it's quite a small market. Yeah, it's extremely small. Very small market, right? Okay, so you can see in terms of like the opportunity, um, population-wise yeah. and sales-wise. Okay. Um, yeah. So when I found out about dropshipping, there's this funny story. When I called my brother and said like there's this uh, e-commerce model and let's try it out, uh, my brother was uh, has a development background. Um, yeah. So literally, I called him on Friday and we had the store live on Monday. So we had wow. around thirty products. Uh, it was super basic. Um, yeah, and, and we didn't even know where to buy those parts from. Uh, we just wanted to see how it works, like whether we are able to drive traffic, uh, convert the customers, how do they how do they like this product. So it was extremely lightweight. Um, yeah, and, and and of course a lot of things happened afterwards. But like long story short, we 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 made over three million dollars in sales the first year, and, and and later sold that business to our partners in China. So nice. after that, I got into overload. Okay. Um, so yeah. I have a question. Um, so with regards to the dropship site, what were you still targeting at Thuania, or did you did you were you looking at all the markets? Yeah, we we were targeting all all, all the world. So global. The nice thing about dropshipping is that kind of suppliers, especially in China, are open to ship the products uh, anywhere in the world, almost anywhere in the world, okay. and they have very good uh, services for that. Um, and that opens up a lot of opportunities for uh, targeting different markets around the world. So you can you can sell to the US, UK, anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. Okay. So, question about your background: um, Who's a developer? Who's do, do you guys have? And what what skill sets you bring to the table between you and your brother? What's your brother's name, by the way? Andrews. Andrews. Andrew. Yeah. Andrew. yeah. Um, so it was actually five co-founders of Overlo. So it's, wow. it was already a big team. Um, my brother owned a developers agency, um, and I was kind of doing e-commerce, marketing, and just trying a lot of things. Uh, I was uh, I was pretty young at the time, um, and um, yeah. So my brother is kind of like a manager uh, who can carry out product management tasks, uh, can like uh, just lead different projects. Uh, and on the team, on the co-founding team, we had a backend developer, front-end developer, and designer. And, and we've been working with all of them like together um, for the past five to seven years, I guess. So oh, wow. it's it, it, it was a strong team. Um, yeah, and, 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 and we had tried a bunch of things before that. So it just naturally came that we tried the Burlow, we tried the dropshipping store. Uh, we had a few tools that we used for that dropshipping store that were custom built. So initially we launched a Minifier, which is a Shopify app and helps you optimize images. Uh, we launched it on the Shopify app store. It really took off, and it looked like exciting that uh, things can take off, take off on Shopify app store. And then we come up with an idea to launch AliExpress, Ali Importer, at the time, okay. um, and it, it just literally allowed you 
just to import products from AliExpress and then yeah, users requested some more features like ordering, uh, search, and, and all like tracking services. And we kind of built on that and, and, and it didn't take much time to realize that it might be a huge thing. Mm, fantastic and very, very, very interesting stuff there. Okay, let's fast forward to 2017. Um, your um, you, we, we, you, you mentioned earlier that you've been acquired by Shopify, which which is freaking exciting. What how's how you know um, how yeah when did it happen and um, yeah where do you see yourselves now? Um, yeah, so um, yeah, we were acquired by Shopify in April 2017, so that was uh, four months ago. Um, yeah, we, we, we have a very good relationship with Shopify. We kind of complement their product and, and we really love Shopify and we were always building overload just for Shopify. So it, 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 it was a nice partnership and it, it just happened this way. And then, and, and we always kind of expected that because it's, it's just a nice partnership. Um, not a lot of things have changed. We are kind of like an autonomous company, uh, trying to, uh, leave a footprint in, in dropshipping and, uh, and just solely focusing on that. Super, congratulations, um, yeah. man. <laughs> Thanks, Good man. stuff. All right, cool. Uh, let's swiftly move into the state of dropshipping in 2017. Um, now that major players, you know, are staking into this game, um, and the fact that I can attest to seeing, you know, stores doing 250K a month, so there's a pretty much um, easily seven-figure, um, you know, business, early seven-figure businesses. The question is, are they businesses, you know, in the late seven figures or even eight figures, so 10 million plus businesses, you know, um, running and how often do you do you come across it? You know, what are you seeing from Abello since you're, you're in the driver's seat? Um, yeah, so, like, there are, there are some other buyers who are making millions in sales. I don't want to make it sound as if it was so easy and everyone is making millions. It's a really hard thing and it's complex. There are a lot of, like, there are multiple steps in launching a business and some people just don't have enough time or commitment or money or, uh, yeah, grit and, uh, and they don't make it. So there are people who make it and there are people who don't just uh, fall short. Um, yeah, so the, the most successful people are making like a lot so we were just looking at a store yesterday uh with our colleagues who, uh, which made over 25 million dollars in sales the last year so that's by far the most successful we've ever seen um and um yeah i i i, I think it i think it, it's 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 working are they are they in any sectors well 25 million that's about two million a, a month you know are they on shopify you know, obviously, Obel only works at Shopify. Are these Shopify sites? Um, yeah, they all Shopify. Oh, I mean, wow. Shopify is highly scalable, especially Shopify Plus. Uh, they have huge enterprise companies using uh, their services, and, and they are netting hundreds of millions um, a year. So, uh, yeah, it's it's solely Shopify. Solely Shopify, and, and are these you know apparel companies? Are these consumer electronic companies? What homeware companies? Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I, 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 most of the successful merchants just uh, test different products all the time, mm -hmm. um, so we cannot set it and forget it. Uh, there's a lot of work in that, so no matter how lightweight your shipping looks like, 
if you want to make it uh, work for you, you have to put in the efforts. Um, so, and that in, involves a lot of like product testing, advertising, um, yeah, just just trying different different experiments and, and always staying ahead of the competition. Awesome, awesome, guys. That 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 is that's gold there, guys. So, um, yeah, that's a very very good point. Product testing and you know the right sort of advertising. Okay, right. Um, what are your thoughts on um, you know other other platforms? Do, do you are you going to just stick with um, with Shopify? Do you have any plans? Obviously, now that you're with Shopify, you're, you're obviously going to stick with Shopify because I'm going to ask if you know, you're going to extend to WooCommerce, but I don't really see that happening to <laughs> to you. Uh, there's no point, is there? <laughs> um, I mean, we 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 were considering this option for a while, and we would do that no matter. Uh, uh, no matter the fact that we are kind of a part of Shopify right now, um, it's still a growth opportunity for Oberlo, and Oberlo is an individual business with a completely different offering. Okay. Um, so we were looking at WooCommerce for a little while, but we just decided that we will focus on like product functionality rather than trying to st- extend to other e-commerce platforms. And we don't really believe in other e-commerce platforms, so most of the shop, most of the dropshippers use Shopify. Um, yeah, it's it's. It, it's just the go-to option for dropshippers. It's easy to use. It's uh, it's cheap. It's uh, easy to set up. Yeah. Uh, you can sell them on many different channels. It's it's just uh, it just becomes synonymous yeah. uh, with dropshipping, and uh, I, I I don't feel like uh, building an integration with uh, any other platform. I do agree. Um, it makes you think less about technology and just focus on your marketing. That, that that is you know, and for a business starting out, you know that that's just gold. Uh, I remember back in the days when you wanted to get into the e-commerce game, you had to actually hack WordPress or, you know, go with um, convoluted Magento. And, you know, there were barriers to entry um, in, yeah. in, either, in either case. You know, there were, there were always sacrifices you had to make. When just I, actually, sure. I actually think that um, dropshipping became such a huge trend because it became so easy to launch an e-commerce business. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are so many platforms like Shopify, uh, which made during the past decade so easy to launch an e-commerce mm-hmm. business. So it literally doesn't take any time and it doesn't matter your technical background or the capital you have. Mm-hmm. Um, and that demand and that um, like reduction in, in, in the entry barrier mm-hmm. um, increased the demand significantly. Uh, and that demand uh, faces another problem, which is, okay, I built a store, so what do I sell? And, and then by by increasing that demand, uh, we kind of opened up a new market opportunity, which was uh, uh, helping people find products. So, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, um, just out of curiosity, when you you built out your your um, your initial um, dropship business, what was it? Was it Shopify um, from 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 the get go, or did you eventually move into Shopify? Uh, it was Shopify from the very beginning. But the funny thing is that um, somewhere like in six, seven months, we decided that it's, it, it has become a, a big business and we have to look for some proper solution. And, and we were building a Magento store because it allows you to do all the custom functionalities, etc. cetera. Uh, yeah, we spent like two months building this Magento store. We spent around 50K doing it. Yeah. And then we just failed at it. And then we returned to Shopify again. Yeah. So since then, I I, I, I I still think that Shopify is the best solution out there. It, it is, it is, it is, and it democrat democrat democratizes. That's that's yes. the 
um, you know, develop technology. You know, um, it brings it to the layman. Uh, it's so easy. It's easier to use Shopify than it is to use WordPress. Yeah. You know, I'm, I've just been playing around with Shopify and yeah, it's impressive, you know. And in previous episodes of this podcast, I put down Shopify. I take my words back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Let, let's quickly move into... Um, um, I was thinking more or less, um, so I know you, you, you touched base on um, the fact that it's all about experimentation, you know, um, experimenting, um, you know, product testing, more or less, that's a word. And, you know, um, also experimenting with advertising and, you know, paid traffic channels. Um, what are, what's your take on a fully catalogued, you know, um, traditional looking e-commerce business? versus you know um a, a, a drop ship you know model you see it's a lot on you know on facebook where you a video comes and you know someone's showing you a gizmo uh, some gizmo that um maybe something that can cut um a watermelon in two seconds and then um you see lots of traction on facebook you'd see people liking it people saying oh my god i could i wouldn't do they basically make lots of Facebook post viral product and then yeah. people click through and in a frenzy it's an impulse purchase because it's less than 20 bucks and they're happy everybody's happy right um, so those are niche that's a niche you know end of the spectrum on the one hand and the other is the more traditional um, you know e-commerce store that probably gets a refresh every month or every two weeks what's your take on on each model and um, yeah I'll just yeah. it's just interesting to, to figure out your take or, or even share if there are any other models in between that I you know that, that I didn't pick up on yeah um, yeah so I would put it this way um, obviously the product page is the, the best converting page on the e-commerce store uh, and what we see is that a lot of merchants the successful merchants drive traffic to the product pages uh, and not to the home page or to the catalog page or any other page on the store. Uh, and to run traffic to the, to drive traffic to the product page, you have to choose a product to advertise, right? And in most cases, you choose a niche product, uh, just because it's easier to define a, a target audience for that product. Mm -hmm. Um, so you're kind of forced to choose a product and then find an audience for it. And in most cases, it's a niche product. Or some kind of trendy product which is uh, really attractive on the newsfeed if, if we are doing Facebook ads. Uh, but I wouldn't say that you have to set up a niche store. I really like um, I really like merchants who who are running fully catalog stores, uh, but then then they choose products to advertise, so they kind of doing niche marketing. But the store looks credible. Uh, there are a backlog of products for upsells, cross-sells, product recommendations, repeat customers. So, yeah, it's, it's just because that a lot of people are talking about this niche product uh, kind of solution or recommendation, and then a lot of merchants, uh, uh, yeah, beginner merchants, uh, just set up stores with two products um, because they think that's the way it should be, um, and that's a little bit too narrow and it looks a little bit scrappy. Uh, and a lot of people just just keep those stores or don't find them attractive. So it's it's all about building a a, a good looking store, and and that might include having a, a full catalog, uh, 
even though you would only use a few products to advertise. Cool. And in most cases, it's like 20% of products generate 80% of the revenue. Exactly. Pareto's law right there. Okay. Okay. That, that makes a lot of sense. So it's, it's kind of like a hybrid, really. Um, you know, give that impression and then you know what's, you know, bringing in the money. Interesting. And then from a from an advertising standpoint, you keep on, you know, um, testing, you know, the products that are, that are winners, obviously. Okay. Um, right. I know this is quite a long-winded question, but um, what are your what are the habits of your most successful dropshippers? You know, you guys are going through a lot of data. I know you probably don't have the time to you know study these stores, but um, I'm sure you you know you're also gathering data. You know, you're, you're a data company. You know, at the same time, you know, techno- every technology company is a data company. So, um, from your top level view. Um, what what are they doing? I know you've touched across. You know, uh, I know you've you touched um, on the point about um, you know product selection. You know, product testing. What are they doing? What's what's their secret sauce? If there's any such thing, uh, probably there is no such thing. I, I've been repeating this all the time, and it sounds obvious, but a lot of merchants miss that, uh, which is just focus on the marketing. I mean, you have to be really good at marketing. You have to be excellent at it because. In dropshipping, there is nothing else than just marketing. Like, product is taken care of by suppliers. Um, Shopify store handles the creation of the store and maintenance of it. And then what's left is marketing, and you have to be very good at it. So we have tested, learned a little bit, uh, know the algorithm changes, know the best practices, when your ad gets fatigued, and, and all those things. And there's no one one template to make it work. Um, it's just it's just yeah, you have to like test different things and yeah you, you and to get more ideas just scroll through your Facebook newsfeed and you will see people advertising videos uh, of product uh, featured videos or uh, yeah just flashy ads or they just buy ads uh, and and buy fake likes on them uh, from emerging markets so there are. There are a lot of crazy things, and you can spot most of them on newsfeed. Um, and and yeah, you have to be, you have to stay ahead of, uh, on top of all the things that are happening on on Facebook ads and Instagram ads. Because okay. and Facebook ads and Instagram ads, just because uh, dropshipping is is a lot about impulsive purchases, as you mentioned, and um, Facebook ads and Instagram ads drive impulsive purchases, unlike uh, Google ads, for example, where is there in, an intent to purchase something. So. I'm going to flesh out, I'm going to just dig into that question a little, little bit. You said it's all about marketing, it's all about testing. Where are your top dropshippers putting 80% of their marketing spend? Yeah, I, I don't know for sure, but I would say I'm pretty confident that it's Facebook ads. Facebook advertising, okay. Right, and... Um, you're, if you were to do drop shipping now, which you don't really need to, um, would you do a how how what would be the longevity of your site of your sites? Would you create several several sites to kind of um, you know just because it's easy to do? Um, so so long as you have the resources, or would you just focus on one project and try and make it work? Um, I would I would focus on one project, but um, yeah, I would try to think long term and make make that one project flexible. So a lot of people think about starting a niche store and they name it uh, 
uh, I don't know, dog toys. And in that you can only sell uh, dog toys there. Uh, but I would make it somewhere like, uh, yeah, just a general store name, which I could use for multiple tests and experiments. And yeah, and, and, and the reason is that you are, when you are like experimenting with Facebook, you are collecting data and Facebook is collecting data on your side. And also you have wrong assets like Facebook page, uh, pixel information, so traffic, conversion rates, etc. Uh, and then you can use that data to create, uh, yeah, retargeting campaigns, localized audiences, um, yeah, just to explore who are the people who are visiting your site and are interested in good deals at cheap prices and impulsive purchases. So it's kind of like focusing on one thing and not uh, spreading yourself too thin all over the place. Okay. What about margins? Um, a lot of sellers, no, a lot of courses um, start out with 3x. Some will, you know, go up to 10x just off the back of the fact that they're buying some of their products for less than a dollar and they can get away with selling it for 14.99 or even, you know, 20, you know, 19.99. Um, what's your take on, on pricing? Pricing is quite important. Um, you know, impulse purchase ceilings are like $29 maximum. Um, so yeah, I'd like to, yeah, get your take on Um, so the first thing which is extremely important is, um, a merchant is always responsible for setting the right expectations and price is setting an expectation for an end customer. So if I'm buying a product, which is worth a dollar on Aliexpress or any other place, and I pay for it $20. So I'm going to receive a product which is of quality and of look of the product which is one dollar, uh, and I paid twenty dollars for it. So it's really not a good practice. It brings a lot of problems, a lot of uh, return requests, refunds, uh, and then you have a lot of bad comments and uh, yeah, negative uh, reviews, and yeah, your Facebook rank is ruined. It's just it's just a very bad practice. So every time you think about pricing strategy and the margins, you have to see yourself buying that product and uh, would you feel comfortable receiving that product for that price so mm -hmm. just so it's, it doesn't go it doesn't go crazy um, and for the pricing strategy um, yeah I, when you, when we say it's all about marketing and you have to focus on marketing uh, and when you have this mindset uh, you start thinking about pricing from the perspective of marketing and uh, when you know more about marketing, you know that it will cost you money to drive traffic to your store. And uh, to make at least one order, it will cost you uh, 5 10 to $15. So you'll be looking for products where you could uh, add this advertising cost on top of the product cost. Because otherwise, it's not scalable. So if you're selling a product with a margin of $2, uh, you, you, will, you won't be able to drive traffic because there is no such... Uh, there is no such channel where you can drive traffic. So yeah. and, and, and there are some averages. So like the global average conversion rate is 2%. So you need 50 visitors to, uh, to get at least one order on average. So if, if a click costs you, uh, I don't know, 10 cents, so 50 clicks, uh, would be, um, yeah, $5. Yeah. Um, so you have to, you have to have a, a margin of $5 at least, uh, to yeah. drive traffic. Now, traditionally, drop shipping had always been what well, was predominantly in um, quite non-portable items, and it was largely domestic. It'd be like things like furniture, or spare parts for cars, 
you know, equipment, you know, and they're usually high ticket items. Um, and then, you know, Amazon and, you know, Google websites, where, you know, e-commerce, traditional e-commerce websites are sorted out for, you know, the, the rest of the long tail, which, which is interesting in itself. Um, and margins had always been thin. Um, but yeah. with the kind of contents, you know, people are putting out there, I don't know whether it's genuine or not. It, it seems like, you know, people are getting 25%, you know, um, margins on average, you know, so there or 30% where, whereas a lot of the thirds, you know, a third, um, a third on, on, um, purchasing on, on the, on the product, a third on, on advertising and another third on, on, uh, on their margins um, and, and it's and, and that's pretty good for for for, for a retail business you know um, so so yeah it's 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 an interesting you know um, space I have to say it's maybe saturated or getting saturated but you just mentioned something about Facebook rank and um, that scared me a little bit um, because we've been through many especially in the small business e-commerce sort of growth trajectory um, lots of entrepreneurs in this space have been through several stages of um, platform dependence. Um, one was Google in the days of SEO. Um, people were dependent and then, you know, um, there were penalties. Um, the more recent one is Amazon. Um, people, you know, operating in the Amazon Echo space, they are subject to, yeah, the Amazon pulled out the reviews, which was unethical, you know, in that sense, sponsored reviews. Um, you know, Amazon increases their rates, their storage rates, their lots of, you know, moving parts in Amazon that, um, you know, a, a new person isn't aware of and they may just get there blind and, you know, lose a lot of money. Um, when you said, you know, your Facebook rank goes away off the back of probably, you know, negative reviews, um, how reliant or how, you know, how reliant is dropshipping on, on Facebook? You know, it seems as if, you know, Facebook is the new platform, you know, um, and I'd just like to, to know your thoughts. Um, I, I just don't know. I mean, so I've, I've experienced a few algorithm changes myself, which had a huge effect on our business. Um, but, but when you look at other merchants, uh, so the story is that we were running our e-commerce business before Overload, and we lived through one big uh, Facebook change, and that was introduction of relevance score, uh, which tried to determine the relevance of that, and that relevance score determined the exposure of your ad. So if you have a very low uh, relevance score, it's very hard to scale with ads because Facebook doesn't show them to the audience that you want to show them to. Um, yeah, and at that point, we kind of thought that, oh, it's hardly scalable, and it's, it, it will be hard. Facebook is kind of crashing on on, on dropshippers or or on, on, on like impulsive purchases or like businesses related to that industry. And then uh, after half a year, we see uh, hundreds of dropshippers uh, doing great on Facebook. So I just have this example, and I think that... Um, Hungry merchants, hungry for success, will figure out things. Uh, and if that won't be Facebook, they will move to Instagram and start working with influencers with Instagram ads. And if that won't be Instagram ads, they will find another channel, and there will always be another channel. I think um, I kind of think it's a win-win also in the sense that you know Facebook is making tons of advertising, you know, dollars off the back of you know this, and. Um, yeah, so long as people deliver on their promise, you know, um, it's all about trust because if 
lots if Facebook generates um, lots of unhappy customers who are users of Facebook, you know, people are going to go away. People are not going to trust Facebook. So it's it's kind of like a balance. And I suppose it's fair if like you don't deliver on your promise. You're selling a a $1 product for $20, you know, $1 value product for $20. And, you know, you, you get a ton of people not happy with the quality of what you de- you deserve in a way to, to to get a penalty because you're not delivering on your promise. So it's kind of like a balance, yeah, yeah. really. And, and the good thing is that when dropshipping is, is growing so fast uh, lately, uh, big companies like PayPal and Facebook is noticing it. Uh, and um, and and we know for sure that they are not not looking at dropshipping as some scammy business model. Uh, they are looking at bad dropshippers as scammers, and it's good dropshippers as someone who is choosing this model to grow their business. So we are kind of looking in partnerships, and, and I'm, I'm I'm speaking at a conference in Israel uh, together with my colleague. Uh, in Facebook office nice. where they hold a, 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 a conference for local dropshippers uh, and e-commerce merchants. So it's so it's it's not an a alleged business model anymore. It's, yeah. it's 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 legit. It's just that companies, big brands are realizing that there are there is a segment of people who are doing bad things with dropshipping, but they're doing bad things with all the other things yeah. uh, on the same time. And, and then there are dropshippers who are actually responsibly looking at, at how to make it work. What's the name of the, the conference you're attending? Uh, it's a it's an in-house Facebook conference. It's okay, uh, nice. just invite only, Okay. like a workshop. Okay, nice, nice, nice. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, I'm going to wrap this off in like the next 10 minutes um but before we get in yeah to to lightning round and everything i wanted to ask you um first of all um is dropshipping typically the end goal or do you see dropshippers going to for owning um inventory eventually um yeah you could probably say so um but i think that i see that some people stay true to dropshipping all the way um, so it's, it's natural that some entrepreneurs um, are looking for ways to expand their business, and, and that usually is outside of dropshipping. So they are white labeling their products, stocking the inventory in-house, uh, looking to stock that inventory in overseas warehouses to fasten the delivery times. But um, in most cases, dropshipping remains the, a part of their business because they know how it works and they use it for uh, yeah, just filling in the back end of their catalog or uh, testing out new product ideas. Um, so it, it's, it's really hard to kill it uh, when, you, when you know how it works. So exactly. after, like, if, if you don't know how it works and you failed at it, maybe you will just switch to another thing. But if you know how it works and, and you, kind of, uh, yeah, you kind of find it attractive, uh, it's really hard to like, just steer away from it. Gotcha, makes sense, makes sense. And then what are your thoughts on us as looking at some numbers today um, I'm not sure if I can get the numbers. Actually, I should be able to get these numbers. Um, it, was, it was just ridiculous. I'll, I'll, I'll read it out to you. And this this pertains to AliExpress and Amazon. I think I favorited it in on um, on, on my Twitter, which I'm just checking out now. Um, yeah. So, yeah, where where is it? Favorites, likes, they call it nowadays. So, um, oh, no, I didn't. 
Um, no, I didn't. It was kind of like numbers on um, on more on on visits um, on the Express Amazon. It was kind of like you know um, numbers on visits. It was just ridiculous in terms of like um, the um, the number of mobile visits on AliExpress versus you know um, Amazon. We you know. It, it seems as if, you know, obviously, when you live in the UK, when you live in the US, you know, that Amazon is is every, you know, everything, you know, they they control, they, they have a lot of influence in, in the media, you know, and um, also they deliver really, really, you know, interesting products like the Amazon Echo, um, you know, and they're, they're always pushing the bar, you know, they, they always do stuff that uh, makes them relevant. Um, AliExpress has always been under the radar to the benefits of drop shippers. And if you go to, you know, countries where Amazon is not predominant, AliExpress has a more, shall I say, pronounced, you know, um, yeah, presence. I was working with a developer in Romania the other time, um, a few years ago, and, you know, one of his icons on his um, bookmark icons in his bookmark bar was AliExpress. You don't see that much of it in the UK unless if you're a dropshipper or, you know, you're just a savvy shopping shopper. Um, so what's your take on AliExpress versus Amazon? Um, do you think AliExpress is going to, you know, make a stance here in, you know, in the West, in, in, in the UK or in, in America, in the States and not in North America? Um, so I, I don't know. Um, I mean, they, they could probably do that or try to do that. They've tried in the past and they kind of failed. There are stories around that. Uh, and it's important to understand that AliExpress is just 8%. No, not AliExpress particularly, but AliExpress belongs to Alibaba. Uh, and Alibaba, uh, it's 92% of revenues coming from China locally. Mm-hmm. So international things, like international market is not their strong side. And maybe they're not so focused because uh, they have uh, a Chinese market, which, which population, which which middle class is bigger than U.S. population, so it's a, a huge market, a huge opportunity, and uh, uh, yeah, with with super high high potential. Um, yeah, but I still think that both Amazon and AliExpress are amazing companies with huge ambitious goals and uh, and crazy roadmaps, and and a lot of people think that um, yeah, Amazon and AliExpress is kind of competing with dropshippers, but in fact, we, we don't see it this way. Uh, we think that Amazon and AliExpress is about intent purchase, uh, and, and whereas dropshippers are driving impulsive purchases. So mm. that's why you rarely see these days uh, dropshippers doing SEO marketing or uh, selling high-ticket products. Yeah. Because when there is an intent to purchase something, people go to well-known brands like Amazon, AliExpress, or then do a research on Google. On what dropshippers do is they just do their ads and then they want someone to click on that ad, see a good deal, and make a purchase, and that is impulse purchase. So you could, you could split it that uh, you know Google and Amazon and AliExpress own intent-driven uh, purchases, and, and Shopify and uh, Shopify plus dropshipping uh, drives impulse um, purchase. Absolutely, and and so there's not that um, eagerness to expect it, you know, um, tomorrow, as you will when you're in, in Amazon. Amazon teaches you to to get it now, you know, basically. Okay, right. 
Okay. Um, yeah, this has been a fantastic, you know, so just one question. Would you, um, would you have a 50, would you drop ship a $50 item? I would probably not. I, would, mm-hmm. I wouldn't do that probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, would, I could test it, but I just don't, I just don't feel like it would fly. Fly. <laughs> it's all about volume, really, when you think about it. Cool. All right. Thomas, um, yeah, we are done with the interview, but not quite. Um, we're about to go for the evergreen lightning round where I ask you a question and you answer with just one sentence, if that's possible. Okay. Are you ready? I'm going to ask you about five questions and I'm ready when you are ready. Sure, let's do it. All right. Okay, how do you hire people? How do you hire people? Um, yeah, so in our case, we are looking for people who are engaged, um, who want to have an impact, and really care about e-commerce and dropshipping and marketing because we don't want to tell people what to do. Okay, cool. All right, what are the three indispensable tools used for managing Obello? Um, definitely Slack, email, uh, Google products. All right, easy peasy. Okay, all right. I'm going to throw a curveball question at you now. What's been your best mistake to date? By that, I mean the, you know, a setback that's given you the biggest feedback. Um, it's super basic, but I think that it's very important to put the best people to the most important projects uh, in your company, and that oftentimes is not the case. All right. Okay, what one piece of advice would you give to listeners keen on accelerating the growth of their dropship businesses? Um, oh, that's a tough one. Uh, yeah. It's probably a studio problem, but I really like this book, which is called Talent is Overrated, uh, and it talks a lot about how, how much uh, influence you have over your own life, and I think that's a lot about dropshipping. So you never fail someone else. You, uh, if you if you are hungry for success, you will make it. Just yeah. like commit to it, uh, and 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 yeah, just just look after yourself. Yeah, the name of the book is Talent. Is overrated. Is overrated. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Fantastic. Um, I'd like to thank you once again for you know taking your time out you know for this interview and sharing you know um just insights into the dropship opportunity I, I would say and um, I'd also like to just commend your um, your progress you've made on, on Obello um, it, I, I use the system and it's it's really seamless um, and um, it's it's well done you know well done thank you thank you so much it's, it's, it's a pleasure All right. okay cheers um. so that was a wrap on this week's episode of 2x e-commerce remember you can catch me every week and also send your questions and comments on twitter using the hashtag 2x e-commerce keep yourself in the loop by subscribing to this podcast on itunes or your favorite podcasting app it only takes a few seconds and it means you'll get the most up-to-date episodes to help you grow your online store Do have a good one till I catch you on the next show. Bye-bye.